Thank you, Tyler. Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Are Doomed, a Soccer Rangers podcast where we focus on conventions, cosplay, and nerddom in general. Who are we? Well, I'm Cole. I'm the White Ranger. I've reclaimed my chair. I'm Tyler. I'm the Black Ranger. I'm Robert. I'm the Red Ranger. And filling in the fourth chair this week is Michi from Windy Seek Play. How's it going, Michi? Hello, boys. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Yes. Anyways, um, so just to get everyone to um, knows you're you're from Seattle. I am. Well, technically Tacoma, which is thirty minutes south of Seattle. Mm. Close enough. From yeah. from Washington State. You're from United States. You're from uh, North America, uh, <laughs> Earth. <laughs> well, you know. The Milky Way. But in any case, though, um, so just to let our viewers kind of get to know you a little bit, um, how about you kind of like talk about what kind of got you into cosplay, nerd, um, first convention, that type of thing? Um, My first convention was SoccerCon 2002, back when I was in SeaTac, which is the airport area. Um, Wow, that was a long time ago. Uh, kind of. Wasn't that yours? T- that wasn't that your your first one as well, Robert? No, no, two thousand and five. Ah, uh, okay. No, I, I came three years late to the party. Uh, okay. Um, my first cosplay was actually how I got my nickname. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first cosplay was Michiru Kayo from Sailor Moon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it was t- awful. I'm never showing you guys a picture of it. Wait, wait, wait. Pictures exist? Yes. Ah. <laughs> exist? No. I don't know where the... Uh, no. I don't even talk to the I, person. Was it, this is the question. It was like, was it burned? Was or it is burned? It buried destroyed? Or I don't know what happened to it. I don't... I am no longer in contact or mm-hmm. even talk to the people I went to that convention with. It's MIA. <laughs> One good thing, too. Hopefully, yes. KI. There's potential to recover it. No, Rob, no. Save it. <laughs> Save it like Matt Damon. Yep. <laughs> we'll spend more money on saving Matt Damon. <laughs> so picture that. You're, you were once wearing Matt Damon. <laughs> that, that mental image is in your mind now. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, my God. So what got you into cosplay, Michi? Well, my, the friends I went with to SoccerCon the first year uh, said, hey, we should dress up. And I had no idea what was going on. So I just like, sure. And I got shoved in a costume. And kind of at that point, for those first, like, from like 2002 to 2009, I kind of did cosplay because that's what was expected at cons. It wasn't really something that I did for me. And... Well, in 2009, I did make my uh, Zex Marquis costume, so that was kind of for me. But really, in 2010, when I made Princess Kaku from Sailor Moon, that was really one I did for me. Nobody else, that's just something I'd always wanted to do. So I guess really, me being a stubborn ass is what got me into cosplay. <laughs> that's cool. Um... And uh, and the way we met you, well, technically, <laughs> oh, geez. Okay, we've talked about this before, and we've talked about how this was a joke, um, and that you never realized this. Uh, oh. We met you, 
I didn't. No. Um, how, how long ago was this now? Was it four years ago now? 2000 and... One, 2001. No. No, I meant for us, Tyler. Oh. Uh, <laughs> to 2003? Huh? What? We have not been going to Sakura Concerts since 2013, dude. Because oh, 2000, yeah. 2011 Jesus. was the first <laughs> year I ran chess. Go. 2011 is the we first year we had to Sakura We did watch it. Uh, 2013 is when we first year we did yeah. it. So I know, we met you 2013. You guys weren't involved in 2012 because I know that because that was the year I almost killed somebody. Oh, cool. <laughs> I remember that. I th- what was that for? I'm trying to remember because we uh, watched both games. It was late night. It was Gilderoy Lockhart and Zat Brannigan oh, making oh, out. Oh, oh. <laughs> We were there. We were there. Speechless, going, oh my god, what is happening on my chessboard? That's tame now, isn't it? (laughs) Yes, it is. Uh, Good times. But in any case, though, we met you the next year where Tyler and I applied as the Green Ranger and the Black Ranger. Yes. Yes, and Rob applied as the Red Ranger. And Dane as applied as the Blue Ranger. The Blue Ranger. <laughs> and none of us knew each other. So, nope. in my defense, all four of those applications actually came through right within, like, a two-day period. Huh. Because me and Tyler just happened at the same time because I sent his for him. Because <laughs> I had the pictures. Yeah. So... Pictures? No, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, remember we, I remember we were, like, at your... Place, so we just basically did it at the same time. Yeah, because we so. we got the costumes. We're like, okay, we need to take pictures so we could prove that the costumes are good. Yeah, yeah. So we took no. pictures in like my backyard in my basement. <laughs> yes, mine are in your basement. So that's your that's that's Cole's basement. If you look at my Power Ranger photos. So oh. yeah, there you go. Well, that's my Bottom, parents' basement now. His parents' basement. That's when he lived with his parents. Okay, I was gonna say. So that's where the creepy music comes from. Comes from. It looks so nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah my dad did, did the whole all the construction for it. <laughs> that basement wasn't always renovated. No, <laughs> it got torn apart and it was literally concrete, red, dusty, red concrete floor for about four year, five years. Yeah, Cole, Cole lives in that or lived in that basement where after it was redone. It looked really nice. He lived upstairs before that, in a very, very. Very themed room. Can you guess what the theme is? Go. Power Rangers? Nope. Wasn't Power Rangers themed? Okay, there's only a couple other things that he knows. Uh, Digimon? Nope. nope. Wasn't Digimon. You guys, okay. are, you guys are pretty off. Hmm? What? Uh, baseball? No. No. I hate baseball. No. Uh-huh. You're, you're closer with the nerdy things. We are no longer friends, Cole. <laughs> that, that was a mistake. Goodbye, White Ranger. We hardly knew ye. <laughs> okay, what? Uh, it yeah. was Harry Potter. Oh, oh really? Harry Potter. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He had like a nice banner going across like the the ceiling, the top of the wall ceiling part. It had like a had like a uh, Harry Potter banner there. He had some themed like light switches. The room was blue, wasn't it? It was, it was a dark midnight blue with stars yeah. on the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Potter stuff all over. I had that room for about seven years. Yeah, this is this is like the the first Harry Potter movie. Was mm-hmm. the movie or is it tea or book stuff? Books. Yeah. It was book stuff. So it was it was like the first stuff, like the first two books stuff. So, oh. but in yeah. any case, though, no, no sexy Daniel Radcliffe. None of that. <laughs> no, Swiss no. Army Man? Oh. no Swiss Army Man. No Swiss Army Man. 
No, um, but yeah, that's kind of like we all sent all that stuff in, and we're like, okay, and we're like, oh, me and Tyler didn't think anything of it, and then about a month, about three or four weeks later, we get a, we was like, oh, we'll see if we get it. We have good costumes. Mm-hmm. They're nice. Mm-hmm. And and then we got a call, not a call, but we got an email saying, "Congratulations, you have." No, oh, physically got a call. Michi phoned us up and was like, "We want you guys. Come in." <laughs> no, oh, no, that would be, uh, a, that would be she, terrible. She on my cell message. phone bill. Yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, we got a we got an email saying, "Congratulations, you have been accepted into." I think it was late night. Yeah. Um, yeah congratulations, you've right. been accepted into late night. Um, and then it had the like it was the general like congratulations letter. Um, and we were looking at it, it's like, oh, sweet, we got in. And then we looked at the, on the, onto the piece layout and we realized that me and Tyler were on separate pieces and we're like, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. Cause we had applied separate pieces and stuff like that. And, and with, with noting that said is that if needed, we'll become one piece. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. then we proceeded to look at the other names that were beside us and we had no fucking clue who we were who we were looking at. I thought it was odd because I was like, I don't remember applying as like a, uh, a special character because that's what it was. It was like a special attack. And I was like, well, I didn't apply as a special attack, but I guess since Cole and I were like new, I was like, oh, maybe they just said, well, we'll put them in special attacks and just in case. So I was like, okay. Because we thought we recognized the, the one name for blue. No. We weren't sh- no, that was after we talked with Rob, though. Yeah, after we talked with Rob, Rob recognized yeah. the name. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. Dane is pretty well known in this area for his, uh... Oh, Dane. Oh, yeah. Dane. <laughs> oh, Dane. <laughs> yeah. We actually had him on the podcast two weeks ago. Oh, yes, cool. Yes, and yes. he stayed so awake the entire time. So go listen to it, everyone. Plug, 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 plug. Go yes. listen to it. Plug, plug, plug. Wait, was, uh, how was can, he eating, how though? Shockingly, no. He was he awake. Was and drinking. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So yeah, he, yeah. he was awake. He wasn't eating, but he was drinking. Yeah. Yeah, but not like heavily either. Like he was totally coherent by the end of it. Oh yeah. Yeah, and he had weird. fun. And we were we he was coherent enough that we locked him down by blood contract to come in again. Dang dog. But anyways, anyway. um, what's your, what would you say is your preferred cosplay style, Michi? I don't know if I have a cosplay style. I like you. You like like I, the most things that I've seen you in are mostly like nothing like extravagant. I don't go. I don't do big better. crazy armor pieces. I don't go crazy, so to speak. I've noticed um, you do a lot of like kind of fancy style, like dresses and like I know you do pepper and yeah. I yeah you know I. Uh, I used to not do female costumes at all. I used to only do male because of my height. I was I used to be very self conscious of my height. For those of you listening, I'm six foot, so taller. Yeah, I know, but I'm a woman. <laughs> so is Cole. <laughs> hey, boo, <laughs> boo, too easy. Cole, are you okay. not telling us something? No. Okay. Hold, hold on, hold on. The White Ranger was female last week. I, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's pretty clear. Anyway. Yeah, I had to be a guest for my own fucking party. He's like Renmo <laughs> one half. Renmo one half, anyone? Yeah. Renmo yeah. one half. But anyways. Uh, so, That's a actually, drink. the costume I'm probably most well known for was actually my first female costume, Luna. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that, I love that. I kind of cut me into feeling a little more 
self-confident in who I am and like my height and yeah, I'm six foot, but screw it. I can rock this costume. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of transitioned from, uh, doing only male costumes to doing basically whatever the hell I want. Mm -hmm. Um, though I have noticed a theme when I do, I want to do male costumes. I do a lot of fricking military uniforms. Mm -hmm. Nice. (laughs) You know, Russia from Italia, Zex from Gundam Wing, you know, <laughs> lots of lots of crazy uh, military uniforms. And then the female costumes generally are dresses for some reason, though. So, yeah, I've got a ball gown coming up when I find a job. Nice. Yeah, with lace mm. and sparkles and yeah. If you want sparkles, talk to Sam. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> No, I'm not doing that version of Cinderella. I'm doing the history. The- nope. No, but if you, no, but I meant if you, you want something with sparkles, just talk to Sam because I don't know how she had the patience to do the uh, do Cindy uh, with that many sparkles on it. What did we just drop? I think she yeah, just I dropped don't. what she was doing. I'm not doing uh, that version. Mm, I thought you just dropped a B or something. No, 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 no. I'm, okay, my dog. No, Rob, you know my dog. He's giving me his ball. He wants to play ball. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. But anyways, thank you once again, Michi, for joining us. Of course, we know you because you are technically our boss when it comes to chess. There's no technical about it. She just is the boss. I'm not yeah. the boss. I'm the general. Get it right. Right, right, right. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but yes, that's how we ended up meeting you. Mm-hmm. And Yep. And yeah. she just had no idea for what was it? Two and a half years before you realized it. I think, yeah, it was. It was two cosplay chesses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was chesses. Um, Chess I. It was two years, so it Chess was I? after two thousand and fourteen. No. I'm pretty sure it was after you had already asked us to be kings. So it must late night or main game kings. Late night. We've never been main game kings. Me and Tyler have never been main game kings. Yeah, no, it it was before the Miguel and Tulio run uh, last year, so. It was after 2014 then. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I thought it it was like. Oh, 2015 is when me and Tyler were kings. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was before then. Yeah, it was before 2014. So, yeah, it was in 2014, but it was for 2015 chess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just never gonna forget that phone call. What the fuck do you mean you guys met because of me? Yep. Yeah, that was literally all I said, and then all of a sudden, Ty- Robert's like, "Cole, what did you do?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just get this phone call from <laughs> from Michi, and I'm like, "Oh, hey, this is a nice midday surprise. Hey, how's it going? What do you mean you guys met because of me?" And I go deaf in one ear. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I am a have... lot louder during chess. Yes, yeah, yeah, you are a lot louder during chess, but you were very loud coming through the speaker of my phone that day. <laughs> yeah, it's the proximity to the ear. Yes. Yeah, you know. But uh, but in any case, uh, thank you once again for joining us, and we'll move on to incoming conventions, upcoming conventions for the next few days for this weekend. Um. 
for just anime conventions, there's one, two, three, four, five. There's only five of them, with actually more Comic Cons than anything else this year, this week. So starting off, we have Anime St. Louis in St. Charles. We have Bellingham Anime Convention in Bellingham, Washington. We have Mini Mini Con in San Antonio, Texas. Level Up Con Expo, sorry, Level Up Expo in Las Vegas. Uh, Sock Anime Gives Back in McKellen Park, California. And for Comic-Cons, we have, let's see here, Wizard World Desmonis. Des Moines. Oh, that is Des Moines. Okay. And that, yeah, what you're is not that? supposed to correct him, Michi. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, she, that works too. <laughs> I live here at Des Moines, Rob. I'm going to correct him. <laughs> oh, no, we were supposed to go and prod him until he gets it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're enabling him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bite me. But anyway, Des Moines. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways. That's a lot of drinks you've been there. So yeah. Uh, but anyways, sorry. Typical, anyway, really Wizard typical. World Des Moines in um, in Des Moines, Iowa. Huh? Yellow City Comic Con in Amarillo, Texas. Huh? Northern Fan Con in Prince George, BC, Canada. Um, AC Boardwalk Con in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Arkansas Comic Con in Little Rock, Arkansas. Texas Comic, uh, Comic Fest in Louisville, Texas. Phillipsburg Comic Con in Phillipsburg, New Jersey. MSP Comic Con in St. Pa- Paul. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm pretty sure that's Minnesota. Yeah, that's Minnesota. Minnesota. Um, and Flemington Spring Comic Book Fest in Flemington, New Jersey. Um, if you are attending any of these conventions, have fun, be safe, and uh, follow the tendrils of con, and don't be an asshole. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. So, yep. Robert, what is going on this week in the evening subject? In the evening subject this week, that is an excellent question, because I have totally forgotten what I wrote earlier. Well, considering there's nothing there. I know, but I wrote something earlier. Oh, right. Uh. Yes. <laughs> uh, now I remember. I was having a discussion with my cousin, uh, Miss Pop, who finally got her uh, Facebook fan page put together. And I was remembering a fun little conversation we went and had at the convention where we were making jokes that she was a con virgin, just a soccer con in this one's case. But it got me thinking, what kind of advice would any of us as veterans go and give to somebody going to one of these big pop culture or anime conventions for the first time? What pieces of advice would you go and lay out for them? Take it slow. There we go. <laughs> that mean, is definitely a big rule. I know when I first start, when I, my first couple of years, like, Oh my gosh, you have to do everything. And it's so exhausting to yeah. try and do everything. So just Look at a few things that you absolutely want to do and do that. Don't try and overexert yourself. Yeah, um, when I first my my first con was literally soccer con, and I remember for me and Tyler it was like we tried to do a bunch of panels. We we're like, okay, what's gonna go? We're gonna try and go to all the things that we want to do, and I remember we ended up like not being able to get to a couple of them or it was just really, really busy. 
and it ended up being more like like we, we still had fun because we made to a bunch of the ones we wanted to make it to like cosplay chess and like improv and all that other stuff and a couple other panels that we thought yeah, would be yeah, interesting yeah, um i don't know like we i don't remember i don't remember wanting to go to too many panels to begin with because like you kind of look at the panels and they've just got names and you kind of assume what they're about but you don't know if they're gonna be good or not yeah basically so because i remember like we most of the ones we didn't know what we're checking out like it was just a thing and i was like i don't know that sounds like it's got an interesting name so let's go check it out see what it is because like we kind of knew what like you know what cosplay chess is we knew what um like whose line is uh we knew what final fantasy fight tournament was um because those are big ones, so you just know what those are, so you kind of go to them. But all the we, other we kind of figured ones, out what cosplay chess was, yeah. And it's just like I don't know, um, but yeah, just like it, there's the stuff that is most like logical. Is like sometimes, like I, I remember we tried to go to a prop panel, didn't quite. Panel? It was so, oh yeah, yeah, a cosplay panel, and it's like how to do cos, how to make cosplays. You know, it's, I don't know, yeah, basic stuff then. Uh, that's stuff I already knew, so I, I just kind of got bored. And then we also went to like a photography one as well. That was okay. Yeah, they were more funny than anything, though. Um, yeah, because they were using the examples of "please don't do this." Yeah, so that was that one was actually pretty funny. Um, that's that's another thing. Like I was watching, I was going watching some panels, and they're supposed to be comedy panels, and they just they just weren't funny. funny. They're kind of boring. I was just like, well, it's not really good humor, and then left, and then one watch. Then we went and saw that, uh, yeah, that photography one of like what to what how to take how to do photos or how to do how to do cosplay photography. Yeah, Tips it's for not cosplay photography. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't like it was basically a lot of posing and like costume stuff, and uh, just went through photos. They were like one thing we we're talking was like, don't do Kingdom Hearts; it's overplayed. <laughs> So, yeah, stuff like that. But I do, but I do, the, I do boobs. Hiding your boobs. And they had pictures up. They're like, yeah, they took they took the boobs and just stuck them right in their armpits. That's an armpit full of boobs right there. <laughs> What's that noise in the background? Destiny, Cole. That's Destiny. I, I, I hear, I hear, yeah. But, yeah, uh, back to the... Uh, Con conversion <laughs> vice, I guess. Um, you just kind of have to. I don't know what, really what to say because you have to if, try. If, yeah, because you don't know. They, they don't know what to expect, and I don't know how to describe it to people. Um, it's a bunch of people in a room together uh, doing stuff. Like that's that's what it is. It's it's mm-hmm. such a generic term thing, but you got to be there to kind of. Uh, experience the atmosphere of it to understand what it is. And then either, yeah, like you said, um, people get really hyper because of it, and lots of energy and adrenaline from it, and kind of go a little bit crazy, and so yeah, they should slow down, but um, I feel like most people will be fine. Just do what you want to do. Go see what you want to see. Try and go with friends. Yeah, hang out with friends and stuff like that. Um, if you can't hang out with friends or if you want to do something 
other than going out with your friend. Like, if you want to see a panel and your friends don't want to see that panel, um, go to the panel. Yeah, go to the panel. Um, Talk to the people online. Yeah, go go sit with some people who you don't know. That's another big thing. That's the whole point of some conventions is meeting people you don't know. So one of the funny things actually is that we actually kind of knew about Dane a little bit before we actually met him because we on our very first year we went way into kind of a panel for what was for a, a, oh, a series uh, that he's in. Yeah, the um, Anime Hunters. Yeah. Yes. That that was a panel we went and saw. Oh. Like first or second year. First year. Oh, those boys. Yeah, and I I was weird because then I saw like Dane was like, hey, uh, this is like a year ago or something. Where Dane was like, hey, I we got it. Animated hunters making a new video, and then he put up the videos, and I was like, oh, that sounds really cool. Guys doing videos and stuff. I was like, hey, yeah, check them out. And I watched them. I'm like, I've I've seen these before. Where the hell did I see these? And I was like, Dane. I was at your panel this many years ago before I even knew you. And he was like, crazy. <laughs> this destiny. I was like, yeah, yeah, it is. So, but anyway, yeah. so just, so in anyways, at the end of, of it all saying, just be yourself, essentially. A lot of drinks you're putting out there, Cole. <laughs> that's, what? Uh, that's definitely, what? The drinking game. Every time oh. Cole says oh. anyways. Oh, yeah, right. Anyways, yes, the, anyway. the unofficial soccer con or soccer rangers drinking game. The unofficial. unofficial. That's that's totally official. No, no, that is totally not official. We do not need to be responsible for somebody getting alcohol poisoning because I of cold. Endure, oh, you, oh yeah, you will die. You will die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying like you will get alcohol poisoning and die. That's part of the game, though. That's, that's what happens. Wait, wait. Doesn't Michi play this game? What? She she's dead. Oh God! <laughs> We're speaking to a ghost. We're speaking to a ghost. But come on, like you're acting like necromancy isn't like second nature here. Yeah, no. you're not. Yeah, good ne- you know, it's pretty yeah. common. Death is yeah. not the be- death is not the end. It is the beginning. <laughs> now you become a true because <sighs> you die from the drinking game. Yeah. And then you're a fan. <laughs> then you're a fan. Then you can then you can try out for the band. Oh, yeah. that's, that's very point. true. Yeah. That yeah. is very that is very true. So, uh, by the way, do we still have that vacancy, or do we manage to fill that? Uh, we had a vacancy. What? Apparently, it's not an issue anymore. <laughs> what? Okay, sorry. Yeah, I think. Oh, oh, I think he's talking about the dis- that weird mismatched corpse we found on the street last week. Yeah. yeah he's still going. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh... It was gone a little bit later, so I figured the street crew just cleaned him up. Okay. All right. Although I'm pretty sure that that trombone can't get any flatter. Mm. That's anyway. unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, boy, we uh, we ran this evening subject into the ground, didn't we? Yeah, yeah we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yay! Yeah, yeah. So cons, cosplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you don't, if you don't go know. to these, is there any more advice than that? Water. Other other than the fact that is that you don't, if you if you don't go, yeah, drink water, eat, eat. regularly. No, not and, eat uh, crappy food. Eat good food. Yeah. You yeah, have yeah. to eat high. You have to have nourishment. Yes. You can't survive uh, on hockey and ramen all weekend. But you can survive on Jack Link's beef jerky, as John found out a couple of years ago at PAX. <laughs> There's a lot of... I don't know. I yeah. wouldn't advise it. Pro- yeah. Protein. Protein. There's yeah. a lot of salt in there, so you'd actually have to have extra water. Yeah. But yeah. that would compensate. 
He had yeah. a lot of protein. He'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, he managed to do it. I don't know how he did it, but I, I was impressed. <laughs> yeah, feed your wild side. I guess that's uh, more than just a marketing slogan. Mm. Yeah. Uh, any, any other any other advice? Like, uh, I got nothing, really. I, the only other piece of advice that I can think of here is when it comes to your first convention don't do a really elaborate cosplay don't try to go and delve too deep because your expectation of what the convention is going to be and what the reality of it is they'll be two different things every convention has its own vibe it's got its own way of going you're gonna go and find it to be at least a little bit different than what you were expecting might as well kind of just test the waters uh, uh, in something comfortable I th- um, I think that'd be more referred to people who like, I don't know. The, the advice I feel we're giving is first convention ever. Yeah. Um, where that kind I of mean, advice where you, like, test the waters might be for a different convention. Like, you're prone to going to conventions, but this is a different one that you're going to. Uh, I, because I feel like that happens. Because, like, I go to going to Securicon and then going to any of the ones that are local here are completely different vibes. What I expect from the cons here is really nothing like I, I I go with my friends and it's not really it feels more like a um, not a convention but more like a, a swap meet mm. like it, it's not it's it just doesn't have that same kind of vibe um, okay. it's not a whole lot of excited people going to this thing it's some some excited people and then some curious people or mostly curious people that are like yeah. hey let's let's check out this this comic book anime stuff that sounds interesting and it's not like they're dying to uh, express themselves through cosplay and they're not the weird nerdy kid that doesn't really know too many people it's a lot of people that are just kind of like oh yeah i like comic books and video game stuff that stuff's interesting let's let's go for this stuff and see, and see the spider-man guy Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's that's what I kind of think is like if you've gone to conventions before, when you're going to a new convention, a different convention, don't expect it to be like the other ones you've been to, because um, it will be completely different, com- different vibe, different everything, different kind of people that want to see different kind of things, different vendors, different kind of panels. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's. Uh... That's definitely a better way of putting it right there. You uh, you nailed it on the head. Although, I'm curious, who are these people you know that talk that way? Oh, Saskatchewan. <laughs> ah, is that what it is? Yeah. Like, we've we got a lot of farmers here. A lot of small town. This whole province is a very small town vibe. Because uh, we have so many damn small towns. That everyone is knows what a small town is like. Or is from a small town. Or has very close relatives from a small town so yeah it's just something you know all right cool and, and if you're small. going and play <laughs> oh yeah go you go 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 yeah i was going to say and if you're playing the uh official sakura rangers bingo game uh now you can go and knock off random canadian facts uh oh. got that one filled in for this week the, uh, or the more accurate random Saskatchewan facts. Ah, uh, yes, yes. I'll, I'll update the playing cards for this week. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like tropes. So there's a lot of Canadian facts, and then like the more closer on, you get, the more rarer they are. All right. Well, I think that's uh, at least a little bit of good advice. 
lot of rambling, but at least a little bit of good advice. So I, I think it's time for us. Yeah, it's true. We are a ramble cast after all. But on that note, I think it's time to switch over to something a little bit more epic. Cole, hit the switch. What is a fandom? Movies, TV, anime, web series, anything can become one. But the internet has made them into something more. Wars have been fought over whose fandom is the greatest. Families, friendships, and marriages have all been lost in these battles. Every week, we see who has what it takes to be the best. It's Rob's Stone Cold Pick of the Century for this week. Let's see who has what it takes to be it this week. There you go. Off you go. Yep. Everybody's favorite sounds. Or not, in some people's cases. You know who you are, Cole. I like it. <laughs> I just never believe you. I just sure. never believe you. All sure. right. Well, anyway, thank you, everybody, for sticking with us. And welcome to Rob Stone Cold Pick of the Century. Also known as... Or, yeah, I screwed it up. I screwed for up this week. Thing. Yes, for this week. Also known as the fandom of the week. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yes, yes. All right. What's the fandom of the week? Yes, all right. So this week's fandom of the week, honestly, we could have rolled into last week. Uh, we were talking about Kevin Smith and his various projects. And while we were doing that, I was looking into his box office revenue and the number of theaters that his films were in. And he really is a cult movie director. Uh, he tries. He yeah, really he, tries. He does. And the reality is just the stuff that he makes for the most part, a couple of exceptions, they're really not designed for mass consumption. They're really designed for a more specialized group of viewers. And he does it amazingly well. And because he does it, he, but he also tries to make it as like broad as he can so he can bring in other people. Mm-hmm. So... Well, his stuff yeah, is he, just writing. That's all yeah. it is, is writing. He's a, he's a very good writer, that's what I must say. That's what he yeah. likes to do. So, Because you watch his movies, they're all... So, there's no they're all dialogue. Thing. Yeah, it's all dialogue. It's, it's, the camera comes up, two guys are having a conversation. And very that's kind sen- of he said it before. He doesn't like move a lot of fancy camera work. He'd rather just have a very boring camera angle pointed at the people talking. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly what he does. Never moves. <laughs> yep, exactly. So that really inspired me. So this time around, we're going to be talking about our favorite cult movies. And just a couple of little caveats to this rule here while we're talking about these. These can be films that got sequels, but cannot have been an initial box office success, uh, were designed for a smaller market, or ones that have just or ones that had moderate success, but blew up into huge, huge, huge followings afterwards. Uh, and on I'm not sure last, if mine counts, but oh well. Your one actually does, because that was a box office failure initially. Yes. I don't know if mine counts, but 
your one actually kind of does. I'm going to go and give that one a caveat, and we'll talk about that when we get to it. For right now, though, I want Cole to talk about his, because this is one that everybody thinks was a huge success can, can, and can just I, was not. Can I, <laughs> yeah. can, I sing, can I sing the part? Yes, please, as, as you will, sir. You remind me of the babe. What babe? The babe with the power. What power? The power of voodoo. Who do you do? Do what? Remind me of the babe. Dance, baby, dance. Dance, baby, dance. Okay, that's that. Oh, that's yeah. that. <laughs> but if you uh, didn't recognize that song, then something's wrong. Um, <laughs> but that was from The Labyrinth. Um, yes, Labyrinth was one of Jim Henson's. Cole really ad- loves Jim Henson. So. I love mm-hmm. Jim Henson. I love puppet work. I love puppeteering and stuff like that. And He's this is essentially. No. <laughs> but no, but no, I love the history behind all of this. And like just that I I've always enjoyed that. But Labyrinth the Labyrinth itself was a huge undertaking. Uh the Labyrinth took place after the Dark after his uh like first kind of like gritty attempt, which was the Dark Crystal. And if I remember correctly, Dark Crystal didn't do like a huge success. It was good. Mm-hmm. But it was also another one of those cult hits as well. But the Labyrinth itself, I think it was spun off of, like, it was off a book series before, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, there was actually, I don't know if it was a series, but there was a book that it was directly based off of. But yeah, the Labyrinth itself was uh, created by, was brought on by Jim Henson after what was a mediocre success, which was the Dark Crystal. Um, and in the Dark Crystal, he had de- they had developed a lot of the techniques for puppeteering that they use today, which uh, which allows for puppeteers not to kind of just be directly in. They can do more radio controls and everything like that. And the Dark Crystal itself, uh, sorry, the Labyrinth kind of expanded on that, um, allowing for like like huge invent invent. Um, continuations of this of that so i don't know like the labyrinth itself of course they start they brought in david bowie mm-hmm. um master of uh personality as, as people could say mm-hmm. um and i don't know it was one of these those shows that i remember i watched when i was a very i was rather young but uh i couldn't really, and many years later, when I watched it, I could barely kind of remember it. But the costume that Jareth, who the character that um, that David Bowie plays, is one of the most mainstay characters in history for most of the people that grew up in that timeline. Like if Robert, if someone walked up to you and tell and told you to describe what Jareth from the Labyrinth looks like, would you be able to do it? Uh, yes, yes, and I can go and do it with one very short sentence. Tons of stuffing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but you could easily tell, it was like, what is he, what's he wearing? Yeah, no, that's... White puffy shirt, brown leather pants, and a big uh, poofy white hair. He looks like David Bowie to he me. He wasn't wearing leather pants, he was wearing riding pants. Yeah. Yes. Close enough. Uh, totally different uh, things. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm I don't think you want to wear leather pants and a horse. I don't think you want to wear leather pants if you're David Bowie, quite honestly. <laughs> but in any case, though, um, I watched this movie mostly just because I was, I'm was i a huge fan of the, of the Jim Henson Corporation and uh, everything that goes along with it. And I loved what they did with it. it it's a good story, and it's I can understand why. Like At the time, it was so far ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. So, 
and the fact that a lot of people weren't quite sure what it was. Just like yeah. they weren't for the Dark Crystal. And and it wasn't until a couple years later that, like, after Jim, I think it was, was it before? I don't know if it was before or after Jim died that he, it really started to explode. I, once it, I was, it was once again one of those hits that went on, that went on, um, that went on, on, like, tape, like VHS, and then it started to become huge. Yeah, that's... I'm kind of trying to go and check the tracking on this one. It's This one's got kind of a weird history about it. Um, to go back to The Dark Crystal, uh, which was its precursor by four years, uh, that one was also not a huge moneymaker. Uh, it opened number three in the U.S. box office at, with only 858 theaters, which actually made it pretty successful overall, considering the number of films that were out at that time. Gross exactly. $40 million. Uh, that one definitely... Out of what? Uh, let's see here. Production budget on that one. Uh, that one I can't find a production budget on. Yeah, that one... That one doesn't exactly have a great studio production history, but that one was also made over the course of like seven or eight years. It's kind of like Avatar. Oh, yeah, it, it only co it only cost us two hundred million dollars to make it. Well, you say it cost two hundred million dollars to film this movie. Their budget was fifteen million dollars. Okay, you were able to find that. All right. Uh, I just typed you... in production budget for the Dark Crystal and said fifteen million. Oh, okay, so. Should I uh, admit I've actually never seen either film? Uh, no, it's fine. It's fine. And like a lot of people have, but a lot of people will get the, if you say the dark crystal or, or you say, um, the labyrinth, you know what we're talking about. Oh yeah. Like I totally know what you're talking about. I mean, I've seen parts of it, but I've fallen asleep every time I've tried to watch it. And, and hmm. that's okay. I mean, the reality is both of those films, well, the dark crystal actually, I'll go and say was a solid box office release. Labyrinth though, this is actually almost depressing here. It's opening weekend. It opened number eight uh, in the U.S. box office with almost 1,200 theaters that opened it, which at the time was a large number for this kind How of How much studio. was opening? Oh, opening? yeah. 12.7 yeah. million in its U.S. Thea theatrical. They spent 25 million on it. Yeah, exactly. And its opening weekend was 3.5 million. That was the domestic total box office revenue. And yeah. it initially was not released internationally. Yeah. Uh, what's crazy now, though, is that the value that this film has, uh, TriStar Pictures, which now is owned by a couple of different companies, uh, it's a subsidiary of a few different groups, that film's net worth, even before David Bowie died, is worth more now than what its production budget was. Oh, this I thing believe. has a lot of clout behind it, but this was something that really caught on, uh, especially internationally, because Disney actually bought the television distribution rights to this. And they went and aired it all over Europe, uh, and that really got a bit of an international following. And as soon as the VHS market started picking up, people were buying into it. And then when you had DVDs and people started really building household collections, because obviously DVDs take up a lot less space than VHS. Yeah, this film uh, has just exploded in the last 15 years. It is yeah. unbelievable the amount of success that has come from something that was essentially dead. Yes, and the fact that when this was actually done... Um, it was considered a failure, and I remember this was actually one of the main reasons. Uh, Jim actually went into a large depression from this. Mm -hmm. um, that kind of sparked up, and I think it was actually getting better around the time that he died. Mm -hmm. So, because I, what did, when did he die? He died ninety one, I think it was. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it's just one of those things when you're like, okay, because this was was released in what was it? Uh, 80, 86. Six? Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's just one of those things when you're like, okay. And of course, it's one of those movies that just kind of exploded the further along it got. Mm-hmm. So, and I guess that's pretty much all I have to say about Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Excellent. No, perfect definition of a cult film. And one that, especially considering what's happened this year, definitely one people should be checking out. Totally. So, uh, yeah, so let's see here. Uh, Tyler, I think you probably have the most famous uh, one of these, and I would say probably the reason why we call them cult films. Because uh, uh, the cult's following behind them? Yeah. Uh, so I, I picked uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, mm. Yeah. I've also got Eraserhead beside it, but like I don't know if anyone else has seen Eraserhead. That's just the, kind of a David Lynch film that's just kind of weird. Um just a weird movie. Uh, yeah. I, I can't even talk about that one. That that's just go yeah. see it. Go watch Eraserhead. It, it's a weird movie. Expect to be after you watch it. Go. What did I just watch? Uh, that's something else. I'm going to talk about Rocky Horror Picture Show now, and the fact that um, the cult following uh, air quotations of what creates a cult following or a cult movie, um, like the fact that the audience like dresses up in drag as the characters when they go see the movie uh and it also was referred to as a midnight release where it's always just at midnight where it was being when it was being aired and just a lot of things like that uh, really interesting soundtrack too mm-hmm. uh, like that's how i kind of got into a rocky horror picture show is my mom would just have this had the soundtrack and she really liked the movie and i just would listen to the soundtrack and I would know it. I knew songs like uh, Time Warp, like, let's do the time warp again. It's just a jump to the left and then a step to the right. Okay, I'm already going to it too quickly, too easy. Um, <laughs> Another yeah, thing that I just... kind of also, uh, one thing I also remember hearing a lot about, like, for the Rocky Horror Picture Show is that a lot of, like, there was a, a, one of some of the most popular things is like the midnight showings that they would do randomly like throughout the month. Yeah. And there was also other times when they would just turn off the sound and people would get up and, and, and do lip, uh, lip start reenacting the scenes and just doing them. Yes. Um, And that was what the, while the whole show was in the background and, and like, and they would be, they change lines or like they, they make it interesting, but they do it along with the film. Uh, well, that kind of brings up things like the room, where there's a scene in, in the room where uh, one time it's just a bad movie, uh, and that goes on the cult following of bad movies that people oh, just yeah. love watching. But where in the room, it became a thing where a guy just threw, he was eating something, and he had a plastic spoon, and he was just so bad at movie, just he threw his plastic spoon at the at the screen, and then that just stuck. And so there's a scene in the movie where you go watch it and then people will just start throwing plastic spoons at the screen because that's just what you do uh or other movies like trolls 2 uh it's just those those kind of movies that that's a different genre i'd say completely where it's not the cult movies it's the um making fun of bad movie kind of sub sub 
subcult movies. So it's like a kind of subgenre of. Well, that, that's movies. like the so bad it's good kind of movie. Yeah, and yeah, like that. I, I say we leave that for a different time. Oh, those, most definitely. Yeah. yeah, we're not touching on that one because we got a whole. Yeah, but that, that that's, would take for yeah. Troll Two is considered to be one of the worst films ever made. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. So that like that's yeah that's like a whole subset of the cult uh, culture or cult film aspect of stuff. Apparently, yeah. like Troll Two is usually compared to Rocky Horror Picture Show, and the and the two and the films are usually screened together. Are they? I, uh, that's what this thing says. Oh, you're reading something. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Um, it doesn't surprise but, me, but yeah. I'm going back. I'm going back to uh, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, yeah. It's just Tim Curry's in it. Like that's yeah. that's cool. Uh, Meatloaf is in there too. Uh, oh, yeah, so it's got yeah. so yeah, it, it's got a really good soundtrack. It's really the kind of whole Frankenstein premise, but like kind of turned on its head, where it's really um, God with pop culture, uh, pop cultures for when that movie came out uh, was really thrown into it. So it's like 1970s pop culture in that movie. Yeah. Um, so, hold on yeah. a second. Hold up. Yes. Oh, <laughs> hear a lot of stuff all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, it's okay. okay. Yeah. I'm sitting in my living room. Yeah. I know. Okay. Yes, uh, we can see you. Wait, what? <laughs> not supposed to let her know about it. Guys, can you have a conversation about privacy and respecting that? No. When you came onto the podcast, you waived all rights to privacy. Yeah, it, it, it was really very quickly said, and then you it's said... It's part yes. of the blood contract? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Eh. Hey, there you go. Eh. We, got, we got fooled by uh, Ebbs when she screwed with our necromancy contract. Um, yeah, we so. owe her a lot of money now. Oh. Not good. Yeah, no, yeah, uh, and other things too. Some yeah. some firstborns and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> Cole's never gonna have a firstborn, so he, he got out of it. So yeah, yep. yeah. exactly. Uh, so, anyways. but anyways, back to what we were talking about. Yeah, uh, yeah, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Good soundtrack, interesting concept of everything that's happening in it. Drag, mm-hmm. that's a thing. So, yep. yeah, it's just kind of. I don't know. It just stuck with me. It, it, it's also the fact that you see it a lot in Halloween time. Mm-hmm. So they they do regular showings at Halloween because when did it come out? Did it come around October? Uh, it's September twenty sixth of nineteen seventy five. So yeah, I mean, it, this is September? a weird one. Yeah, but I know it, is... it's it, it's 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 that's the whole cult following is the people behind it kind of change stuff around it um to like i don't know it just, it just changes is it was a movie that came out uh people latched onto it they kind of did their own fan stuff to it and those things became the cult following that's that's the whole the whole premise of like cult films that's 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 a whole lot of it where it's people latch onto a, onto a movie and they instigate their own kind of themes and traditions onto this movie and then it's it's something different than what it originally was. It's no longer what the creator thought the movie would be. It is what the fans take and what they do with it, because that's 
that's a thing that happens in art a lot where once you make a piece of art it is no longer your piece of art it's your audience's piece of art and they get to do what they want with it they interpret it the way they want to regardless so that's some deep thought right there uh yeah well very deep and to your point tyler this thing really is a a living breathing thing because this is one of the weirdest films out there the more you do research on it because uh fox is the distributor of this and they've never actually pulled the release on this so every year its domestic gross total just keeps getting higher and higher and higher even though this thing did have an initial premiere date it didn't open in a ton of theaters. This was, this is what Fathom Events basically built their model off of, going and doing these one-time only or limited series run uh, screenings of different films or projects. This is really where all of that began. And because of that, it still continues to gross money. Right now, its box office total is currently sitting at $112 million, and that's not going and counting everything outside of movie theater broadcast. This is a juggernaut in every sense of the word. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's like a movie that you just, you've, I guess they established with a tradition and such. It's to be shown for certain times. And then people who go and see it, they dress up and do it. So it's like, like an event, I guess. And yeah. So it's not just like a one-time hit. It's like, okay, well, Halloween's coming around. Let's show Rocky Horror Picture Show a little bit. You'll definitely get people in dressed up and wanting to see that movie. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. We have cult movies like that where they're, they've expanded their lifetime and you, they will just always kind of be relevant. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. It's, it's almost like, like, like it's a subscription-based things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's that's just a weird. Uh, that, that's weird tangents to kind of connect it to. But hey, whatever. Uh, yeah. Like I don't know. I didn't see Rocky Horror till I was twenty three. So for me, it's kind of like, oh, it's this movie. You know, I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe my my folks never let us watch movies like that when I was a kid. So just I you know. Wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like like I said, I. I got uh, shown the music more than anything. So that's kind of how I learned about Rocky Horror Picture Show is the music. So yeah. it's it's a musical to me. That's what it is. So mm-hmm. like I know the songs very well. And so I go into the movie and I watch the movie and I just I can sing along with it. So that's kind of why I like the movie. Um, other people, they go for it for their own thing. Some people like to dress up and go to it. Some people like to make fun. Some people just... Yeah, it's 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 a bunch of different things to different people, and like it, like yeah, it's also an old movie. So when you go watch it at a weird time, um, it might not connect with you, which is very common. Which is a lot of movies do that for many for other people oh, too. So definitely, like you know, I I don't know. I guess I mean. I know it's a, I, it's a it's a fun movie. I've seen it. You know, I watch it. I've watched it. I've listened to it, and it's fun. I can definitely, I definitely see where people have latched onto it. Just for me, it's kind of one of those movies that I won't go out of my way to see it. But if I'm at like a party or it's on TV, I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which is, yeah, no, that's 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 a good thing. Uh, that's kind of. I also feel like that's a 
great representation of what a cult movie is too. It's like a cult movie is the kind of movie you'd see on television on the weekend where it would just be on there and be like, oh, this movie's on. Let's watch it. So, yeah. Uh, well, would you would you like to talk about your movie, uh, Michi? Yes, I can. Um, and your thoughts so, about cult movies and genres and such? Personally, I don't actually understand cult movies. I mean, I get the premise behind them, but at the same time, it's like, if you like a movie, so what's the big deal about it, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess me and cult movies just don't mesh in a sense so it's kind of hard for me to talk about them like I don't I know like a lot of comedies like all a lot of Kevin Smith stuff they're cult movies but I don't like comedy mm-hmm. I don't like comedic movies very much I don't watch them it's not kind of it's not my it's not my genre like a friend of mine loves comedy movies, loves romantic comedies, and I'm like, I need, like, three more bottles of vodka to make this palpable for me. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, But that's the way I've always been. I've never enjoyed comedic movies. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there's a few I I do enjoy that are comedic, but it's probably just ones I've always grown up with. Mm -hmm. Um, Like... Okay, this is really like a rom com I do enjoy is uh, I know I'm going off on a tangent here. Is okay. like you've got mail, and I know that's a romantic comedy, but I grew I kind of it came out when I was seven, I believe, and I I think it came out in '95, maybe it was later. Um, but it came out in the '90s when the internet was starting. So it kind of clicked with me in that aspect. But anyways, my the cult movie I put down is The Mummy. Mm-hmm. The 1999 version with Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz. Um, I'm not sure if it technically is a cult movie. <laughs> but it's uh, kind of... It, it when it's on TV, it's like, oh, let's watch it. You know, it's just a fun dorky movie for me that I just enjoy watching and like I know a lot of people who don't like it because they're like oh it's so cheesy it's an (laughs) action movie you dummy of course it's gonna be cheesy well this is this is actually kind of an interesting one because at first glance the way that most people think about cult films they would go Oh, what's wrong with you? This, this was a big hit. It cost $80 million to make. It grossed $155 million in the U.S. The foreign box office totals were $260 million. This was one of the first international hits for a U.S. production film, uh, at least in the modern era. Yeah. This one's kind of a weird one, though, because even though it did garner two sequels, this film Three. is worth uh, all... Uh, it, it, no, it garnered one sequel because that third thing does not exist. <laughs> Uh, it also had a uh, uh, animated series. Yes, yes, yes the, the animated series, and now a reboot of it oh, that's coming out not, in 2017. We're yeah. not talking about that because no. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Is this was already a reboot? The '99 version was already a reboot of a 1930 mo- 1930s movie. <laughs> I know it's Universal Pictures. <laughs> oh, we haven't say? done this in a while. Brush, brush. 
Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, they're, they're famous for it. I I don't understand why they feel the need to reboot it. Yeah. Well, it here's did the reason. Perfectly well. Yeah. Ah, okay. They want to do it perfectly well again. Yeah, yeah, but with Tom Cruise, no thank you. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not happy about this one either. Um, but I think this is part of the reason as well why you're going and seeing this being done. Because this movie made a ton of money. Had, you know, I'm just going to go and say it. It had a slew of sequels. Sorry, I, I hate to say it, but it's I the know, truth. I know. Yeah. All of them made money, but then disappeared. Like, the rebroadcasting rights for this film, if you wanted to go and show this uh, for, like, a fundraiser or something like that, and you had to go and buy the rights if it had more than, you know, I think it's 50 people you need to go and uh, actually purchase the rights to it, this film is worth virtually nothing. People have just forgotten about this one, but its fan following is very strong, uh, regardless. This is one of those weird cases where it was a huge financial success, and then it just kind of went off into the sunset. People forgot about it, so... It's loyal followers make it a cult film, even though it was initially very much a success. I haven't forgotten about The Mummy. It, yeah. it was the <laughs> first DVD we bought. I remember that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I think two, you know, came out in 99. I was 11. Yeah. I'm, um, I know some of you guys are younger. <laughs> Um, but it was just kind of one of those things. I mean, okay, I quick. I grew up. I still have every single v- Disney VHS my parents bought, mm-hmm. which Same. is all of them, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> so, and you know, we weren't sheltered, but we weren't. My parents didn't. They tried to make sure we weren't exposed to the wrong things at the wrong time, I guess. Um, thank God neither of my parents will hear this podcast. <laughs> um, I think my, actually, yeah, uh, I think my mom's upstairs, so yeah. She probably hears uh, all of this. Uh, she's upstairs. She's on the other side of the house. Um, I mean, that's a, I mean, that can be a good thing and a bad thing. Cause you know, I have friends who said, yeah, you're sheltered. I'm like, how am I sheltered? I'm 28 years old. Um, I don't think I'm sheltered. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't know. It, you know, so it's kind of like the first action movie I watched, like I'm trying to think. But no, it's like the first. Hold me for a sec. It's the first action movie I remember watching outside of a Disney film or mm-hmm. a PG film or Indiana Jones, because um, <laughs> my parents let us watch Indiana Jones as children. My dad, like ever since I was a kid, like we would watch Indiana Jones and James Bond. Ever so, as long as I can remember. Uh, not James Bond on my aspect, but my dad, we always could watch Indiana Jones. I don't, I don't know why, because I think it was, uh, Temple of, no, not Temple of Doom. Um, Temple of Doom was the technically the worst one. Yeah. It, it, oh, but it had such, uh, like, iconic scenes where, like, the rolling ball, that's Temple of Doom. Yeah, but, but the reason a no, lot of people didn't no. pick that one was because you had a, whole, oh, pulling a heart out. The yeah. Kalima. 
Yeah, that's another Kalima. iconic bit. Yeah. Kalima. Or, or uh, Short Round. Ah, uh, sure. Yeah. Dr. Jones. Dr. Jones. Like, uh, it's, it's the cheesiest of the bunch. That's it, why. It, it, it is. Yeah. But it's still still classic Indiana Jones. Um, yeah. But it was the last crusade that I think garnered the first PG-13 rating ever. Um, but I don't know. I guess my parents didn't have any problems showing this to that. But, like, all these other cult classics that came out in, like, the late 80s, early 90s that everyone really loves, I never really saw because it was just, like, one of those things that's, like, that's not quite appropriate for 10-year-olds, you know? Um, but I was... Yeah, you've never met my parents, Cole. Good point, good point. Rob has. Rob gets it. I, I, I totally do. And I will actually defend them a little bit because 1990s PG-13 rating, I don't think too much about. 2000s PG-13 rating, I don't think anything about. Um, that's one that's kind of had its... Uh, the teeth have really been pulled from it because some of the films that were rated with a PG rating in the 80s would go and seriously screw up a kid today. Like, I don't know if kids today could handle The Secret of Nim, for example. I mean, that is an Oh, but The Secret of Nim was... Oh, that was so a great... It's, it's an amazing film, but it's rated but it's, PG, and it gave so many kids nightmares, and a lot of the PG-13 rated films are almost what R-rated films are today. Now we go and use a lot of language and gore. That stuff used to be just built on going and messing you up. Yeah, but that's what the book was like. It was a kid's book, too. So it's yeah. like, that's what it is. Uh, yeah. No, but I've that's never seen films. it. Really? <laughs> really. Wow. Don Bluth would cry right now if he knew. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody email Don Bluth about this, please. I, I know at least one of our listeners has his personal email. Please, please don't. <laughs> I, I want to have him on one day. Let's let's not do this to ourselves. <laughs> Uh, but I, I've I'm not... also never seen The Last Unicorn. I've never even heard of it. I, I don't think I've seen that either. I, I, you're, you're okay on that one. Okay. I, think, I think part of that's Our Friends, because that's one of those films that I don't think anybody really knew about. Uh, uh, a lot of my friends are, love that film, Peter Bugle and the book. Yeah, and so I don't. So some people who are like, you've never seen it. How have you never see it? I don't know. I, you know, I when I from the time I was like born to when I was twelve years old, I didn't really pick the movies I watched. Yeah, kind of let your parents do that. Yeah, um, yeah it was published by Jensen Farley Productions. Okay, nobody knows who the hell these guys are. The film's yeah. lifetime gr- the film's lifetime gross was less than six and a half million dollars. I mean, I guess I, I feel like the um, last unicorn also too randomly, even though I've never seen it, emphasizes like cult movies in an aspect because it's oh, like yeah. that one does. Yeah, but I've never seen it. I can't talk about it. Uh, but you know, it, it is really funny to me. Like you know, it's, often I'll see like back to the movie I chose, I'll often very much see The Mummy or The Mummy Returns on TV and it'll just 
sit down and watch it. And it's just one that, you know, I, I don't care how many times I've seen, it's still fun to watch. And I can walk away and come back 20 minutes later and know exactly what's going on and happened in those 20 minutes I missed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a great film. And it's just a shame that people seem to have forgotten about it in a lot of respects. And that's the reason why they feel they can go and make another remake to this thing starring Tom Cruise. Uh, I, I mean, I'll probably end up seeing that remake just to say I've seen it, but I'm really not looking forward to it. Um, it it's also interesting, too, in the 1932 version, Imhotep and Ardeth Bay are the same person. So in the 1932 version, The Mummy Awakens. Now, it's been forever since I've seen the 1932 version, so you'll have to forgive me. Um, The Mummy Awakens, and kind of events happen and transpire. And then it skips to ten years later, and it's Ardeth Bay. He's become Ardeth Bay. And it's just a really... I remember that version being really interesting. And then when I watched the 99 version, I was like, wow they split our death into two people or they split our death into two people. And I'm trying to, but you know, it's just, I guess too, it was like big hit because it had the big action, the big movie hero of the time, which was Brendan Fraser. If you noticed, he's kind of fallen off the map too, since the moment. Oh, yeah. Um, That would be because of about four failed movies in the course of two years. Yeah. Yeah. That probably did not help. (laughs) Probably not. I remember falling off and then coming back and then falling off again. Yeah, because he did uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth. Yeah. He did that one and another one at the same... Oh, he did Inkheart at the same time. Pretty close. I actually enjoyed Inkheart. Inkheart was okay. Yeah, it, I like the movie, but it just box office wise, it just really didn't do that good either. I don't, I don't think it did, unless I'm completely wrong, and then I might be. Also, I, too, I, a lot I don't of recall. people probably didn't understand the source material. I mean, the book was, I, I, I have the book. The book was very good, but it took a couple of read-throughs to actually get everything that was in the book. Hmm. I feel like all those little. Nitty details that sometimes you don't miss on the first time around. Because there was a lot of small details I feel in the ink art. Yeah, yeah there's there was three movies that apparently that a lot of people contribute to his the death of his career, Bedazzled, Monkey Bone, and Looney Tunes back in action. Okay, oh, I God. liked Bedazzled and I liked Monkey Bone. I liked both yeah. of those movies. I, I've never seen Monkey Bone. Oh, that's a weird one because it's actually an art house film that somehow got a major theatrical release. I don't know how. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they're they're apparently called like a, uh, utter failures when it comes to like release when it comes to uh, re- re- theatrical releases. Uh, Ooh, Dazzle was also a remake. Uh, yeah. So and the original coming out. Sorry. But anyways, no worries. No, another uh, book to movie. Awesome movie. Um, yeah. Um, no, Inferno. Uh, Dan Brown. Um, the third of the Robert Langdon series. Hmm. Uh, 
Da Vinci Code? Yeah. Yeah. Angels and Demons? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, it always bugs me that they filmed the movie as a sequel when Angels and Demons came first. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. But they had to all, I guess, because Da Vinci Code was the bigger hit, they had to do it that way in a sense. I guess. I, I don't know. It just it's like there's things when you're reading Angels and Demons, or sorry, when you're reading Da Vinci Code that reference back to Angels and Demons. So it's like, like Langdon's entire relationship with the Vatican. It, it, it's strained because of the um, because of the events of Angels and Demons in the Da Vinci Code. They're hesitant to allow him there because of what happened during Angels and Demons. But he does because it's Robert Langdon and it's what he does. But um, actually, sorry, no. Rob- Inferno is actually the fourth Robert Langdon book. Um, the third one is completely off the mark for Robert Langdon. It doesn't deal with um, it, Italy. It doesn't deal with uh, the Vatican or anything like that. It is... Oh, Wikipedia, come here. It does deal with codes and codexes, which follows the character. Um, oh, I just... I've read that book, like, once. I feel bad. <laughs> I can't remember it. The Lost Symbol. It's the Lost Symbol. It takes place in D.C. And it deals with the Founding Fathers. Mm. Um, I think... So... That didn't, it doesn't follow, again, like I said, it doesn't follow the series of Angels and Demons and the Da Vinci Code. That's probably why they didn't do a film on it, even though Dan, if it's attached to Dan Brown, it would probably have made money. Probably. But I think the Lost Symbol, I know I'm off on a tangent. It's okay. Uh, it's me and it's books. I love mm-hmm. books. I love reading. <laughs> Um, another thing people don't know about me, I am a huge nerd. People don't know that? We're, we're on a very nerdy podcast right I, now. I, yeah, well, well. <laughs> I know, but nerdy in the We're on a podcast that literally has nerddom in the name of the description of the, of the podcast. Yes. But nerdy <laughs> in the sense of, I have read so many freaking books, it's not even funny. So you're a book nerd. You're a huge yes. book nerd. You gotta be more specific with your nerdom. Yes. There we go. Okay. Okay. Book hey. nerd. Yeah. Uh, no, I do think on that on that note, we are running a little bit long here in the fandom of the week. So I'm gonna skip myself out of this one. Uh, everybody, go and see. Just uh, say which time. one you were gonna. Which one were you gonna pick? What were you exactly. gonna pick? No, no, it's a mystery. It's yeah. a mystery now. Oh, trust me, I'll find a way to come back to this movie later. Don't worry. Okay. It will come I, back. I can talk about the future fandom too, of the week. So. <laughs> You've seen this movie? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, I have so it. It's it's my favorite it. movie of all time. Like I just... the thing they created in that movie is actually like a thing now. Yes, I know exactly. Oh, oh, oh. sweeting, sweeting. Okay, that's all oh, you guys now, get. Now, now they know. Now they know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There we go. There we go. No. Moving all on. right. Yep. Moving on. Uh, cue the zombie band. <laughs> sec, just sec. Let me. Let me. Get them ready. Okay, they're 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 slow today. Pull them out of the ground a little bit. Uh, that one's still stuck. Uh. Do we need to record this outside? 
Okay. No, I think they're good. Okay. They're okay. Stuck together. They hey, look, they're there. actually helping each other. Yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, oh no, uh, no, I think they're no. There was. A I think human he just there. wants his. Yeah. No, that that they weren't helping. There there was they had a human. They're, they're eating the human. Uh, oh, they okay. just want new parts. They want new yeah. parts. They, they wanted a new new bass player, so they zombified someone. They ate him, and now they're fresh, fresh, fresh body. So he'll he'll be really good. Go, okay. Let's see. The and he's in time. Okay, here we go. One. Ah, it's time. Talos anime corner. Now, Talos anime corner. Once we find Talos, ask a question about anime. My friends come with an anime to get that question. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's scary. Sometimes, it's just quite weird. But what it always is, is very entertaining. This week's question is, which anime comes to mind when you think you see snow? Let's see what my friends come up with this week's Okay, snow. All right. Like, anyone like snow? How often do you guys see snow? I Depends see where I go. <laughs> Not as often as I'd like, but just enough that I uh, don't mind driving in it. Ah, uh, I see a lot of it. <laughs> After year end, it's not fun to drive in because there's just... Oh, my car gets stuck. I get stuck in snow quite a bit. It, it kind of... <laughs> but that's, that's my thing. Um, yeah. So... Hmm. Who wants to go first? This one might be a little bit different where it's going to be like pretty uh pretty typical animes but then they might have some kind of snow scene in them or something like that or yeah uh whichever uh, so, i i okay. actually would like to I'd, I'd like to go first on this one actually okay go go, yeah. go hard you you we dropped you out of your, your own fandom you didn't even get to talk about so mm-hmm. take point sir take point yeah um this is going to be pretty short here but this is one of my strongest memories, actually, when it comes to anime. And it has really almost nothing to do with the show that really did this. Uh, back in... Oh, God. Hold on. I, I need to do some Google Foo here real <laughs> quick. <laughs> I want to make sure I got this timeline right, because this is... This is back in, to Gun Fu? Uh, back in 1886. <laughs> The locomotive was going strong. Anime was in every household. Uh, no? Yes? Uh, uh, that's... It's kind of actually where we're going with this. Um, I'm just trying to go and see when... Okay, there we go. I got what I need out of this. All right. So, this was early 2000. Uh, I just moved up to Washington, and... The anime trend really hadn't gotten started seriously here in the U.S. Uh, a lot of people have been watching Dragon Ball Z as that was airing, and Sailor Moon had, uh, well, Sailor Moon hadn't finished airing, but a lot of people had seen season one and two when uh, Deke Entertainment was broadcasting it. And I was kind of falling out of love with cartoons at that point. Uh, I hadn't really gotten started with things like Cow and Chicken or Ed, Ed, and Eddie, the real golden age of Cartoon Network but was flipping around the channels and ran across a promotion for something that they didn't even tell you what the title was. You just saw this video. It lasted all of about 10 seconds of this male anime character going and walking up a series of stone steps, 
snow was falling around him. Uh, it's got the paper umbrella over his head, and he just goes and turns around and faces the camera. And just a coming soon tsunami uh, text went and scrolled across the screen. I'd never seen this kind of promotion before, and I'd never seen really this kind of styling. It was for Tenchi Muyo uh, when they were getting ready to air that a couple of months later during the summer. I'd never seen such a detailed, especially male character design ever in animation. And I just remember seeing that snow falling and just being captivated by this with the somber music they were playing in the background. It just caught my attention. And watching the show, that scene has no significance to anything. But anytime I go and think about anime, when I go and think about what got me into it, even though I had seen Sailor Moon long beforehand, that was when I recognized anime to be a different art style and different art form altogether from American animation. All came down to that promotion. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Told you it was going to be short, but just really impactful. So that was that was early two thousand. I didn't. Just good. <laughs> yeah. No. It it seems like. Oh, that mine mine is like a s- certain scene in. Um. Uh, I'll talk about mine now. Uh, I'm I'm gonna pick sort of online. Mm-hmm. Um, That's and my so this. Cheese. <laughs> yeah, because you've only seen less than 10 animes. Uh, hey, we counted. Yeah, and it was less than 10. Oh, yeah. We never got up to 10. Um, so I picked Sword Art online. One or two <laughs> both work. Because, um, no, I'm going to pick one. I'm going to say one. Uh, it's the episode, basically, uh, this is after... Kirito, uh, like, if, if you watch the first uh, arc of Sword Art, it's like, that's the one that really gets you. It's got, a, like, a lot of suspense, and the timeline goes really quickly where it covers a lot of time. It's like a two-year span. After that, all the other ones are within, like, a week uh, and a lot shorter time span. But it, it's, yeah, it's got a way different, like, the first arc has a way different feel than all the other arcs, and it's the fact is... He didn't want to have really have friends because lots of people are dying, and then he actually does make some friends, and then it turns out they all die, and so he goes on like a really bad uh, kind of depression. And this is during the Christmas theme. Um, I was trying to, to figure go... out which one you were going to talk about. Yeah, it's it's the Christmas theme one where he has to go and fight a boss because there's the uh, legend that this boss has a drop that brings people back to life. And so it's really depressing, but that's what makes it stick with you so much. He's about to go kill this boss. He goes out, does it all by himself because he's really badass right now. And because that's all he does is uh, level up because he doesn't really want to make friends anymore because they keep dying on him. Um, And yeah, and then he like, it's like a Santa Claus boss and he kills it, fights it, fights it, kills it by himself. and then it turns out that it does have a drop, but the drop is only effective like 10 seconds after the person dies. Uh, and yeah, and it's really somber because he takes it and he's got his other friend, his friend who wants to be his friend, but he doesn't want to interact with anyone. And they meet up with him and goes, so what did, what did he drop? And he's just like, it's, it's this thing that brings people back here. 
next time you see someone die in front of you, use it. And it's just, it's just really sad and somber. And like, that's kind of like the whole theme of the first arc of sword art is kind of like where it's, he hits really rock bottom and then gets back. It's like the first Christmas or something like that. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's one that kind of reminds me of snow quite a bit is that scene. Cause that's all just shot in snow. Um, there is the Elizabeth one. The Elizabeth one? Where he makes her go out because he breaks her sword. Remember? When he... Oh. I don't... Was, was that dragon. in snow? I don't think that was in snow, though, was it? Yeah. It was in it a, was, it was in yeah. a huge... Yeah. Oh, well, I don't remember that snow much. That's that what I thought you were going to talk about. That one doesn't yeah. remind... When I see snow, that it doesn't remind me of that scene. Yeah, no. The other Ty one was that talking about, Ty was talking about the scene that almost made me stop watching Sword Art. Like I didn't watch oh, the I next exactly two episodes of it just because of that episode. It's like yeah. I'm too depressed. I can't do this again. Yeah, it gets My real heart. sad. Oh, and so that that's that. that yeah, it's because like the first the first arc of that Sword Art is very feely and depressing, and it's just like wow, lots of people are dying and getting depressed and killing themselves and. And then, and then, it, then it, but that like that's the thing. It like hits rock bottom, and then he meets Asuna, and then gets into like the guild, and then it gets picked up again. And then you go, oh wow, he's he hit a really bad part, and then he got really happy, and everything worked out. So it's kind of like a bittersweet where you gotta gotta hit your lows before you can hit your eyes. So, but the second one was Sword Art Online Two, where they have their cabin, and it's her Asuna showing her mom what this is all about because that's a whole big thing where his where her mom doesn't understand what it was like being in the game and then they go to her cabin and it's snowing out there and then her mom like starts crying and it's another touching scene from Sword Art Online 2 um, is that 2? I think that's 2 that might be 1 I don't know same thing snow touchy feelies makes you think yeah so I'm gonna that's, that's what I picked uh, we already talked about Sword Art. Yeah, we, pretty much. we know we yeah. know what Sword Art is, so I don't yep. need to describe that. We like like the way we talked about uh, Tenchi Muyo. Mu, 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 I can't even say that now. Muyo. Muyo. There we go. God. So. Yeah, that that's mine. Um, Who do you want to go next? Who wants to go next? I'm fine with either me or Michi. So. I can. Michi, go. Uh. So I, I put down two that really remind me of Snow. Um, the first is the Roni Kenshin OVA. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's about Kenshin's past. Him as the... Uh, Hibikiri the, Yes, thank you. I was like going, ah. <laughs> how, do, how, how do I talk today? <laughs> um, Words. But then how he stopped being the Batosai as well. And the one scene that really, really stuck with me is, I think, one of the end scenes when the woman, I forgot her name, um, is dying and they're in, they're in the snow and it's just red because she's cut. So, uh, like, she's got a bad cut wound and stab wound and, again, words not happening. Mm. And she bleeding to death. Yes. <laughs> you go nah. Stuff like it that. Just, it was just a really, yeah. you know, I saw Ronnie Kenshin when I was like 
14, 15. So it was kind of really like, wow, that's a, that's different. That's new. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. Um, and so that's just kind of like the first one that came to mind. And then another one that comes to mind, cause y'all know me, um, is, uh, Gundam wing. Um, there's a lot to do with snow in that anime. If you actually, if you watch it, like it's very symbolism rich. Yeah. Oh my God. Gundam wing. You could go on and on. You could have an entire conversation about the symbolism in Gundam wing and it's insane, but uh, just the whole oh, uh, the endless waltz film is all there's snow everywhere. It's at Christmas time, and there's people are celebrating because it's been an, a year since the war ended. Yet here they are again, and there's more fighting. So it's just very symbolic. It's more more symbolic than I feel. It's it's more relevant to today than Kenshin is, so that's kind of why I put both down because Kenshin was like really impactful to me, but Gundam Wing is all about today and it matches with today and people's feelings on war and all of that. Mm-hmm. Trying not to go too deep and philosophical here, guys. Yeah, no, no, it, but I. Anybody that's seen Gundam Wing knows exactly what you're talking about, and that's that's great. I mean, that's the perfect thing to talk about for something like this. At least I assume so, Tyler. I mean, this is what you were going for, right? Emotion! It's, it's it, it seems like that's the theme, is that snow, the picture of snow, a snow scene just kind of sets emotion. It's just something something like that triggers it, where like people who think about, or, or what animes like make you snow think about is just yeah things that kind of connect to you because it's um i think it has to do with the fact of what a snow scene seems like like fun fact about uh, a big snowstorm or snow like a snow covered area is snow dampens sound so it actually is quieter in a snow setting than it is in other settings so like it's winter time there's no birds no snow bugs nothing making noise plus any ambient noise that the city makes gets dampened by the snow itself so it is very quiet and it has a very eerie feeling to it and it's those kind of settings that people put in these kind of uh feelings i guess scenes of feeling makes you makes you makes you think things because it's already an eerie unsettling place so why not just you're already uncomfortable just make you more uncomfortable just go for broke so uh speaking of uh, going for broke cole this is a series that you haven't brought up here before i, I brought it up once or twice just not very much because it was cons- it was one of the very first ones i ever watched so mm-hmm. But anyway, um, I whenever when I first thought it was, when Tyler mentioned the topic, it was like the first thing I thought of was uh, Naruto the movie Ninja Clash in the in the Land of Snow, um, or uh, Naruto in the Land of Snow, depending on the titles and everything like that. Yeah. And pretty much the only reason I think of it is because the entire thing is in snow, <laughs> mm-hmm. except for like five minutes at the beginning of the show. <laughs> so. 
I'd actually forgot. I'd actually forgotten about this one, and it's still my favorite Naruto movie. But I've completely forgotten about it, unfortunately. So yeah, you're sending me on a nostalgia trip right now. Yeah, isn't this the first uh, first one? No, I don't think so. Maybe. I don't know. But anyway, the movie itself is based around the fact that there's there uh, this runaway princess that ran away because uh, she was in uh, her father had been killed or something like that. And her, her uncle was taking over and she was evacuated from the place and by uh, Kakashi. And essentially like 20 years later or 10, 10 years later or something like that. She's now yeah. a super famous actress under a completely different name. This was her manager. Yeah. And Nar- and her manager is apparently like was the head guard was one of the head guards and has been protecting her for years. And now they're trying to get her to go back to the land of snow to take, to become queen, to become queen again uh-huh. or Damio or whatever the hell. Yeah. And, and it's just kind of the process of that. And one of the whole things is like there's never there's never spring in the land of winter, uh-huh. is because it's always it's all year long. It's winter, winter, winter. And then at the very very end, the 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 grand the great treasure that her father had created was essentially a, a giant heater <laughs> <laughs> that yep. melted all the snow and turned into the land of spring. That's literally all it was. It was so dumb. Like her brother. Her uncle was like, "Oh, it must." He thought it was all treasure, like all the the grand the head treasure of the family. He's like, "Nope, it's just a giant geothermal heater." A heater. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's literally all it was. Yeah, to turn the land of snow back into summer. To spring, yeah, it was to give spring to the land of summer of, of winter, and and bring new and it, 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 there was a lot more in in it, like just with, like, like how the these, way Cole described it sounds really dumb. <laughs> yeah, the whole plot yeah. is it's the land of snow and it's bringing summer back to the land of snow, which is whoa, 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 with a heater. That's what it, that is. That's that's what the sun is. The sun's a big heater. That's what turns <laughs> summer to winter to winter to summer. It's just how the world works. Yeah, yeah but, but they but winter... no literally they they literally have geothermal like freaking like a heater in the glacier the rainbow glacier like that's it's literally like, like, it's it not like they something went they didn't go to the store and buy a heater and just like stuck <laughs> in the wall there anything Cole it's no they built a giant heater and stuffed it in the wall <laughs> they they built a giant device to turn the land of snow no no longer into the, a land of snow so it's nice oh my the, god. You're 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 boiling it down to like the basic generic thing of like making it sound really stupid. <laughs> I know, I know. It was it was a rather interesting Just story. Just pop I up personally... the shop by heater. Yeah, warm you right up there, sir. Yes, have you seen my Presto Heat Dish Plus? <laughs> oh, oh man. Uh, I, what I want to talk about though is yeah, that was the first Naruto movie, and what seems to be the case with a lot of anime movies uh is the first one's like the first movie to do so it's really it's shot really nicely with a lot more um movement with the characters and angles and then after that they start getting up to like 12 movies like bleach had 12 movies or something like that so did naruto so does uh um one piece so does dragon ball z and then they start kind of going and they just turn into instead of being movies they're now just really long episodes uh because they, the quality of like, or they don't, 
pump up the quality as much anymore. It, it kind of dumbs down a little bit. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that I, at all? Or more, I, I will. I will generally agree with that. Um, I will put a little bit of an exception for One Piece, but that's kind of the oddball one because Ichiro Oda, the creator, he either writes or supervises the scripts for all of those. So their quality in terms of writing is so high, the animation really needs to match it. So they they do a little bit better there, but I will go and say the Naruto movies and the Bleach movies definitely started going downhill the more they got released. Yeah, like, well, it's not like they went really shitty. They just started yeah. being the same quality as the TV Pumping show. Pumping them so. out, too. Yeah. Actually, yeah. One Piece kind of started going CGI-ish a bit, didn't it? Yeah, well, that that's one of where the production quality really has gone up, because the first ones um, were like little 15 to 30-minute mini-movies, and now they've moved up to two-hour-long CGI animation hybrid films. So, if you want somebody to get on One Piece, talk to Majinka. Yeah. She loves her One Piece. Ah. One of these days I want to, because that's going to be an intense discussion right now. <laughs> <laughs> One Piece or Mass Effect or Dragon Age or... Yeah. Yep. That's Majinka. Love you. <laughs> Yep, she's like the uh, she's the feminine version of me, except for better looking and better at everything else too. <laughs> well, I feel like that was a good talk of snow and yes. feelings and animes that make us feel when we see snow, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Yeah, and cool. heaters. Yes. Go and pop pop up to shop to buy yourself a heater. The dog okay. agrees. Yeah, yeah, see? Done. Done. <laughs> done and done. That's it. I was just done. locking the door. <laughs> uh, all right. Right to the game section. Yes, yes. Cole's triumphant return to his gaming table. My return to the table. It's my table. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, let's open up the creepy, the creepy trap door. Welcome to my gaming table. Here, we talk about games, card games, tabletop games, RPGs, D&D, and of course, PC and console gaming. But maybe then again, you're here for news or reviews. So let's begin. Before we do, I have one question. What thoughts have you brought to my table? Let's find out. Let's go. I really need to clean up that basement. I really need to figure out why there's jazz music coming out of the basement. Apparently, I have ghosts. But anyway, uh, well, that's essentially what it is. Anyways, Robert. um, Anyway, 
this week on the game table, I figured we'd talk a little bit about single-player gaming versus multiplayer gaming and kind of like just what your guys' opinions on it. Because a lot of people, a lot of games nowadays are coming out where they're only, like, for example, Destiny, for example. It is solely multiplayer. Like, you can play it by yourself, but you're still essentially on a server with other people. Or, like, other games where... Like, I don't know, like some, I'm trying to remember the closest game that was literally, you could only, oh, um, like Evolved, for example, or not, not Evolved, but just like there's various games that literally come out with no single player game. You kind of know what I mean, Robert? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're on the right track. Uh, games like Destiny and Evolved is definitely another one of those cases because it really it is, but... Yeah, it's designed to be played with other people. It's just yeah. really the functionality behind it, even though there were other options. It's basically designed to be that way. Exactly. Um, at, yeah, and then you got the same thing going on with The Division. It's a big trend right now. Um, and a lot of single-player mapping is kind of going by the wayside. And because of that, I don't know, it's just one of those things that you're kind of like, okay, why is it like that? And why does it need to be like that? It's like, what's so big about... I don't know about like, okay, forcing people to have to play multiplayer. Like some people don't want to do that. Like it's like sticking, like, I don't know. Like a lot of people love spending all time their stuff by themselves. They don't want the game to be screwed up by people that are just wandering around trolling. Well, yeah, obviously though, but other people's like, and that's, and that's because that is they want to play this game, but it's solely multiplayer or they need to have an internet connection to play it. Like that's the main thing that a lot of it. Oh, you're cutting out quite a Cole, bit. Cole, you're you're breaking up pretty bad here. Uh, why don't you sink back in, and we'll keep the discussion going. Um, I don't yeah. know. That's uh, there's like because those kind of games, um, most people have internet. Yeah, yeah. It's for now. Yeah. 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 Better. Um, most yeah, people have it, internet. But... Like it's not hard to have internet. Uh, and multiplayer games. If you want a multiplayer game. People are buying that for that. If you want a single-player game, you buy it for a single-player game. You can't really... Just because a game comes out and says it's multiplayer owner, that doesn't mean, like... If a person wants a single-player game, they're not going to be interested in that game. It's not like they're going, oh, they're not pandering to my specific game types. It just means, well, that game's not a game you want to play. You, you can't say, hey, I want to play that game, but it's not... like single player is multiplayer it means no you don't want to play that game you want to play something else sorry about that it's cool i talked yeah you got me no yeah yeah no we got you we got you where did i cut off um i'm not honestly sure at this point let's just kind of keep rolling with what tyler was saying there it's a really easy jumping off point what was he saying Oh, uh, he was talking about on how most people have access. To, uh, Tyler, just go and reiterate your point. There oh, real yeah, no. <laughs> that's that's a whole comment of saying people don't have internet or or internet access. Everyone has internet access. It's really common to have internet access. Yes, it's really it's really common, but that doesn't mean everybody wants to use it. Yeah, well, I, I use I internet. You or have you can. ever played anything on Steam, Cole? Yeah. Yes. Well, I. I don't know. I, I take a little bit of 
issue to a lot of the argument points with this and not directed at you guys, obviously, but there definitely is an argument going on right now, especially with the trend with MOBA games that are going on right now. Everybody's got one coming out. It seems like everybody's got one coming out in the next, you know, Overwatch like, being the newest one that's coming out pretty quick. Exactly. Yeah. There, there's so many of these things coming out and competitive multiplayer, I think because of the rise of esports, is definitely something that every manufacturer wants to tap into they want to be the next big thing in that way. And there's definitely more of a social gaming environment that started to pop up. Uh, I'll be honest here. When Destiny was first announced, and granted, the game has changed massively from what it was really promised to be in the first place. Agreed. Uh, with that, yeah. Well, when that, was, when that was first announced, I don't think that if they had marketed it the way that the game has come out now that anybody would have bought into it because it's like... Wait, so you want to make a first-person shooter game that functions a lot like an MMORPG? That's kind of what you're going and telling me you're going for here. We're just going to go and have these isolated maps you run across like a first-person shooter, but we're going to have leveling characteristics and expanding storyline and... Uh, they really don't have storyline. Yes. Yeah, that, well, no, no, that's that's a <laughs> horrible comment to make there because, yeah, well, oh, there, there's a storyline. They just don't want you to really know what the hell it is because you got to go to a companion app to get any of the stuff. Yeah, they they but, don't even have time to tell you why they don't have time to tell you that. Yeah, exactly. By the way, the Traveler is evil. OK, in case anybody's <laughs> not aware of it, the Traveler is freaking evil. Just, that's yeah. bullshit. No, no, that's, no, the game, so. no, that's a theory. He it. It's it's a I, I believe that from just playing the game. I didn't even know about the companion app initially when I was playing. It, it was like, hold on a second. We've got this one character at the end of the game going and talking about this stuff. And it's like, wait a minute. Are you implying the traveler is evil? Oh, my God. That's why they're not telling me anything. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like that's the coming of the end of the traveler is actually a bad guy. And then those aliens that you're fighting are all people that it's just former. <laughs> yeah, former. Uh, uh Former beings planet. that were under its light. Yeah. Yeah. And then it like sucked everything. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a theory. Leave, leave, leave that for us. Yeah, yeah. But that's but just yeah. a theory. A game theory. Check it out online, folks. <laughs> game theories. Great stuff. Excuse me. Uh, most definitely. Uh, but yeah, I understand. But, but but the fact that nowadays like there's been more uh, multiplayer and uh, MOBA style uh, games than there has been single player fad. games. That's the fad right now. Yeah. It, more... Are you sure it's more than single player games or are there more prominent and more or uh, prominent ones that do not like there are some game like there's a lot there's becoming a lot less games that have both a single player equip uh, campaign and um, and uh, and a multiplayer. Like I'm trying to remember there was a game that literally had a multiplayer had a single player campaign. It was essentially scrapped in, in, in favor of the multiplayer. I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. I don't know. Did you ever play Assassin's Creed? That's single player. I just picked up a chart. Uncharted came out two days ago. That's single player. Ratchet and Clank came out. That's I know. Player. Yeah. Yes, I get it. I, I get it. I, I actually get where Cole's coming from in this situation because there's there a lot are... more split. Now. There, what I'm saying is that there's a lot more split now. There's not. They're not sending out a game. It's like, oh, there's a multiplayer and there's a single player. Go ahead and choose. Now they're saying this is multiplayer only. Have fun. Or this is single player only. Like there's like single player only has been going on for a lot more, but the the emergence of multiplayer only has been getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, yeah. no, that's true. Um, yeah. Where yeah. like because uh, like Call of Duty, uh, people don't play Call of Duty for the story; they play it yeah. for the multiplayer. There's games that are Call of Duty. 
<laughs> I don't game. I, I I'm just sitting here listening to you guys talk. <laughs> yeah, no. See, that's the point. Is there is a campaign, uh, but like you don't go to call the call people who play Call of Duty. They don't do it for the campaign. You don't. It, it's not expected of you. Like MOBAs as well. You don't play a MOBA for a campaign. Um, you play Battleborn TV actually does have a single player. Uh, yeah. Battleborn has a campaign and a single player, so you can play it for that if you want. Um, there's, but a, there's a storyline for the whole. Oh, Colt, no, Colt. Colt, you're you're going again. <laughs> um, Just keep going. Yeah, okay. uh, but like um, Overwatch, uh, and like that's another thing about the MOBAs. Um, there's different themed ones. So you got League of Legends, which uh, doesn't really have a story. It's just yeah. you're playing matches. You're playing a multiplayer game. It, you're playing a game. That's what you're doing. You're not playing a story. Uh, like you're, it's getting back to the traditional games. You're playing games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like basketball doesn't have a story. Baseball doesn't have a story. Chess doesn't mm-hmm. have a story. You're playing a yeah. game. You're doing something very competitive. Um, and that's kind of the point. What's with all the bees? What? I, I what? What did I just see there? What's I'm going not, on? I'm not sure what's going on either. What? What? What are you seeing? Is this on your screen, or are you being swarmed by bees? Uh, it was on my screen. <laughs> oh my god. Hey. Oh jeez. I'm a little concerned right now. Uh, there it is, back. Yeah, that's cool. It's Cole. Oh, not Cole. Wait. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I found this really awesome picture of like macro photography of a, of a bee. <laughs> ah. back, back to bee. We're going on a tangent. Don't worry about that. Don't all right, about all right. I, I, don't I, I don't start on bees, guys, because I can talk forever on bees. Yeah, I I got to get my two cents in on this one here real quick because I definitely see both sides of the argument with this. And is there an argument? Friend, well, not not really. I it, here's the, the debate. Thing. Yeah, or the, the observation, I suppose. Yeah, the observation more than anything else. Because here's the thing. There's, as long as games have really been around, the single player components have been the dominating factor. But now there's a lot more marketing to multiplayer only games. And it's definitely caught a lot of people's attention. And some people I've actually seen get pretty upset about it, to be honest. Because there are a lot of people that are more what I would consider to be the gaming core that are playing video games to go and escape reality. They're looking for something to entertain them on a one-to-one level. And it's not to go and say that multiplayer experience gamers don't love that just as much. But especially a lot of the older gamers, I think, have a bit more of a mindset that single player should come first and multiplayer should be the add-on. But now we're kind of seeing a reversal in the marketplace where they really are catering to multiplayer-only gamers as well as people that are more competitive gamers at the same time as well. And I think part of it, as video games become more mainstream, there's going to be more competition that goes along with that. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. With esports, esports becoming what it is, they're going to have more games that are just more competitive, and that's all yeah. about multiplayer. So it's all about multiplayer competitive game function. So Exactly. Why and would I, you put in a single-player game or a single-player mode for that? Well, actually, the single-player mode would just be against bots. That's, that's yeah. what that would be. Well, that's so. just it. And, you know, we've kind of seen this evolving for a long period of time. I mean, Tyler, you and me are huge Ratchet & Clank fans. 
And yeah. they've tried adding multiplayer components to those games as the years have gone along. Uh, yeah. Up your arsenal yeah. had an online component. Ratchet Deadlock yeah. it basically was a multiplayer arena game. Um, yeah. Uh, and- Deadlock. Yeah, I think Deadlock might have been the one. Was it the first one that had multiplayer, or was it? Uh, no, Up Your Arsenal had it first. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, but that one had really limited multiplayer capability, and well, then Deadlock PS2. Yeah, off the PS2, exactly. and like there wasn't really multiplayer. Multiplayer was still really new then. Yeah, it was uh, in its infancy because it was like it, there were only a couple of really well-established games like that. And, oh, or wait, I got, I got to re, re say what I was saying there. Uh, yeah. That one, what I mean by multiplayer, because multiplayer was before that, because that was like console multiplayer. You sit oh, on the yeah. Couch. Uh, oh, that yeah. one looks great. Online multiplayer. Yes. There yes. we go. Yeah. So that's what I mean by uh, when Ratchet and Clank, Up Your Arsenal, and Deadlock were doing online multiplayer, which was at that time really new, because that was before Xbox. Well, around the same time, but before Xbox Live had really established itself. Yeah, before uh, Xbox Live, yes. Yeah, because, um, like, Halo 2 came out a couple of years after Up Your Arsenal, if I remember correctly, and that really got the trend moving, because that was, like, the first AAA title that Xbox had going for it there. Uh, and that was a pay service as well at that point, so there was cost that went along with it that a lot of people weren't ready to get into. Uh, the PlayStation, I'd, I'd argue, and I'd have to do a little bit more research on this, so please forgive me if I'm completely off base here, but I think the only real huge PS2 online game was really what they designed the online system around, which was SOCOM U.S. Navy SEALs. Oh, yeah. Well, Final yeah. Fantasy had something, too. But they had uh, Final Fantasy Eleven, yeah, but that actually was more popular when it got ported to the Xbox than it was on the PS2. Because yeah, you had to have that little hard drive thing that you had to plug in there. Yeah, maybe maybe that was because that was probably really popular in Japan, but not probably, really yeah. North America. Yeah, because uh, that that has a whole lot of region stuff to it. Where there's stuff on the PS2 that is popular in Japan, but just never got popular here. Exactly. Um, so, um, but I liked. I loved that generation of games because you did have something that you could go and match up with, especially going into the Xbox 360 PS3 generation where you had a nice mix of single player to multiplayer experiences. It does feel like the market is pushing more towards uh, multiplayer exclusive titles now than what they were before. But that's also where the hot trend is at the moment. So I can't say I blame them for that. Um, The one thing I will say, though, that does piss me off a little bit, though, with some game developers and what they're doing now is that it feels like sometimes they're adding in multiplayer elements just for the sake of saying, oh, hey, we've got this great single player campaign that everybody wants to play and everybody's really into. We also have a multiplayer mode so you can let's be honest, you're not going to play it because you really were only interested in the single player campaign like The Last of Us, for example. That is an amazing game. It is beautiful. It is gorgeous. It's well developed. And then there's a multiplayer mode that's just like, meh. It's gotten huge. The, no, I, the multiplayer has gotten a lot yeah, better now. Apparently, actually, I'd say the Last of Us uh, multiplayer has a huge cult following too. Um, yeah. It's not saying it doesn't have a following. It's just I think there's better games out there that you could go and have instead. You know, for have you pl- have you played it lately? Uh, not since the PS4 remake went and came or remastering came out. You should See, probably try it then again. Yeah, it's this is what I'm going to say about it is, mm-hmm. um, it's not a game you expect to have a good multiplayer. So mm-hmm. I think that's why people who play the multiplayer for Last of Us are surprised <laughs> that it is 
higher quality than what you expect from what that kind of game is. Because that game's a very cinematic uh, mm-hmm. single-player experience. That's what you go to oh, like Last yeah. of Us and Uncharted 4. And so the fact that the multiplayer was actually uh, good was yeah. really surprising to people. And so that's why a lot of people did latch on to the multiplayer for Last of Us, because it was kind of better than what you expected for that game. Oh, it certainly so, wasn't half-assed at all. I'd still go yeah. and say, and I'll probably end up garnering a lot of hate here, but I'm going to stand by this. Its multiplayer is still better than what Halo 5 had in it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that right now, because just playing Halo 5, I'm sorry. There's a lot of mechanical issues with that thing. The balancing's but, way off. It's just not as good as what the previous titles have had. But that's why I also think it adds to the aspect of lowered expectations means... If you have lowered expectations, the game could be uh, an average game. Uh, but if it lowered expectations, that's significantly better than what you think it would be. And so if it was even better than that above average, then that's a huge uh, margin of difference between those two. So what you because when you go in a movie and it's average or above average and you're expecting to be shitty, you're going to go, hey, that was a good movie. That was a really good movie. Opposed mm-hmm. to. It being like, oh, I'm expecting an average movie, and you got an average movie or above average movie, you're going like, eh, it was okay. Is what that's I a expected. really good way of looking at that. I like that. Yeah. That's, a, that's a really good way of looking at that. All right. It's, you got it's me. A, matter okay. of, a matter of perspective, really. So, like, you could have two movies that are both average movies or video games or whatever, anything, really. And if one you expect to be shitty and was actually average, it then it kind of the the difference between the two makes it kind of seem like it was really good and so it kind of skews your perspective of it so because you go into it with negative feelings and you get positive feelings from it and then that kind of tricks your brain going oh well i got really positive feelings from that movie mm-hmm. uh, where the other one goes well i got what i expected so mm-hmm. okay so um, in conclusion what's uh, your opinion of of what single player multiplayer yeah what my thoughts on it are. Um, yeah, just as like, do you think it's kind of getting out of control, or do you no, think it's no, just... not at all, not at all. Um, multiplayer is coming. It's that. That's the thing. That's where that's where games are going. That's what people want because people are buying those games. Heck, um, they're even st- they're starting into VR the, to into the VR multiplayer now. So, mm-hmm. like, this is the thing. You might you're the way you the way it sounds like you're perceiving it is that they're completely switching and they're not making single player games and they're only making multiplayer games. No, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the, that the presence of solely multiplayer games is growing bigger and bigger and bigger. Yes. And, and the fact that it was like, sure, you may only, they're still going to be single player games, but the fact that the, pro, the prominence of it and people getting mad about it, just the fact it was like, Oh, well, like it just people don't like change, but like, mm-hmm. it's not like they're, it's not like they're completely flipping opposite there still has as many single player games as they did before they're just producing more single multiplayer games because that's what people want and they're got they've got tons of mobas out there because that's going to be the thing that's the fat that's what people want they got esports they want to get their games out there now so that when after the time because like those kind of games take time to get good because they're going to have tons of patches they're going to balance it balance it balance it and then once it's stuck then 
after the five, seven years of it being out there and balanced and having a fan base and player base, that's when they actually start kind of getting their money back. Um, mm. MOBAs, yeah, MOBAs don't really, you don't really get a whole lot of money from that. You're, you're putting a lot of money in, into it. It's kind of like that. I guess video games and consoles are all like that, though, where you don't expect money back until two or three years after you release the game. It's just kind of how it is. So, yeah. Yeah. So I don't think I, so yeah, I, I don't think it's getting out of hand. I think they're this is exactly this is just where it's going. So yeah. if you okay. don't like change change happens you, you, you can't you can't do anything about it yeah you can't change the fact that change happens there we go mm -hmm. there's there's the madness right there your thoughts okay yeah pretty much that's uh, i'm on the same lines and it makes it like eh, i figured i'd just bring it up though but anyways um i guess that brings us to the end mm -hmm. uh -oh, so uh is Michi still here? Did she fall asleep? She leave? I'm here. I just don't game, so I didn't really have anything to contribute. Unless okay. you count the unless you count cell phone games. Uh, we're dang. not getting it. That's a whole nother podcast, guys. Yeah, dang you, DJ. <laughs> uh, dang you, DJ. Bob, that's it. We love um, you, DJ, but goddammit. Pretty much. Um, but in any case, though, uh, thank you for being for joining us, um, Michi. Yes, it was fun. You're, I'm, would you like to come back again? I would be even more than happy to come back. Just what contract is signed? There we go. <laughs> um, um, though if I do find a new job, it'll have to be. We might. I, I don't know if I'll be able to be this late because I'll have. I get up at o dark thirty. Yeah, yeah. no worries. But, but uh, until but, then. <laughs> but yes, definitely. But yeah, um, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you once again for joining us once again. We are, uh, of course, I, we mentioned I might have mentioned a little bit at the end of last, but we've been having a couple server issues when it comes to iTunes. But we still have all our old episodes up on iTunes. So if you if you want, you can go up on there, and we'd love it if you give us a five star review, and if you leave us a review, and we'd love to hear it, and we'd love to hear your opinions. Um, like like always, we are on YouTube, and we have actually caught up everything. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's right, Rob. That's right. Yeah, we are caught up. Dun dun good. dun. Yay. Yep. Yep. Um, That's good. And then hopefully it'll be will stay like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I'll be editing this video tonight and just have it ready to go for the normal Sunday release. Awesome. Uh, awesome. Yep. And if I make I, you I, once here, again, I and mm -hmm. I also apologized for everyone for being a little bit late in the last couple of weeks. I've been going through a lot of different changes through my personal life and. Um, Things have been just getting a little bit slow. I'm actually not even at home right now. I'm actually in, on a training course in Calgary, Canada for three weeks. So I'm literally just kind of recording from a, the business center of the hotel with very crappy internet. So, but anyways, um, if you want to leave us comments on YouTube and a thumbs up over there if you wish. And of course, um, I, I didn't quite mention it fully last week, but we are now uh, SoundCloud Creative Partners. Um, mm -hmm. It's a new pilot program that we've been picked to join it up with, thanks to Robert, um, kind of poking around and looking. And uh, starting today, um, we'll be and well, starting last week though, we now have everything on iTunes. We have it on SoundCloud, and we have it on YouTube. And we also, of course, have our Facebook page, which is uh, so uh, Soccer Rangers uh, uh, Cosplay Crew and Podcast. Um, if you would like to like us on Facebook as well. 
and hopefully we have even more fun coming soon um, that you can join us for. And of course, um, I think that's about it. Is that about it, everyone? Yeah, no, that that covers it well. Awesome. Yeah. So thank you once again for joining us this week on We Are Doomed, a Soccer Rangers podcast. We hope to see you next time when we talk about random shit and have fun talking about it. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. We're supposed to be Bye. Having fun. Bye. I guess. Bye. Cue the zombie band. We have a zombie band? Yeah, they play ska. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. And jazz. And laugh. <laughs> so.